This podcast is made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Welcome to Go Bronx Podcast, Episode 7. I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. In this week's episode, we will talk about an interesting guy in our history who has left an amazing legacy spanning two boroughs and two continents. We named this episode Lenny from the Block because, well, he was a pretty interesting figure in our borough's history. And as it turns out, the history of the United Kingdom as well. Leonard Walter Jerome was born on a farm in 1817 in Pompeii, New York. Olga, where is Pompeii, New York? Well, Angel, Pompeii, New York is a 22-minute drive south of Syracuse, one hour southeast of Rochester, two hours east of Buffalo, four and a half hours northwest from the Bronx. It's far. It's far. (laughs) Jerome's paternal grandmother was a distant relative of George Washington, though we aren't sure how. A cousin twice or thrice removed, maybe? Maybe. In 1849, Jerome married Clarissa Hall, or better known as Clara. They had four daughters together, Camille, Jeanette, Clarita, and Leonie. We'll hear more about Jeanette, or Jenny, as she was called a little later in the show. In 1866, they brought an estate from James Bathgate and moved into a mansion located where the Kingsbridge Armory sits today. Leonard came from humble beginnings. However, he certainly had a flair for making money. He was a stock speculator, or kind of like a hedge fund guy, and at one point people called him the King of Wall Street. By the 1850s, he was a self-made millionaire. He was so rich that he loved to throw lavish parties and was known to offer some serious swag to some of the ladies who attended. Some went home with gold bracelets wrapped in their dinner napkins. Won't find that at the Bronx Ball. Come on, why not? You can make that happen. Uh, no. We'll stick with the gala journals and key rings, thank you very much. Jerome was a sports enthusiast, and he, along with his good friend August Belmont Sr., built the Jerome Park Racetrack, where in 1867, the very first Belmont Stakes was presented. This gave way to a new nickname for him, the father of the American turf. So the Jerome Park Racetrack is now the Jerome Park Reservoir, isn't it, right near Lehman College? Absolutely, that's correct. Jerome even built a road from the McCombs Dam to the racetrack, making it easier for gamblers to get there. At the time, it was called Central Avenue. He had his tentacles in quite a few ventures and was one quarter owner of the New York Times newspaper. In fact, during the Civil War draft riots of 1863, Jerome and some of his business partners defended the paper's headquarters with Gatling guns. A Gatling gun was a precursor of the modern-day machine gun invented in 1861 by Richard Jordan Gatling. It was a tribute to Leonard Jerome's wealth that he was able to acquire one. Jerome was sort of a, shall we say, ladies' man. And there were rumors that he had a few baby mamas flitting around. After the break, we'll find out a little more about Leonard Jerome's legacy. The world has changed a lot in the last year, and more than ever, you need health insurance you can rely on. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield is the whole health company, And that means they are dedicated to improving the health and well-being of everyone in the Bronx and throughout the New York service area. They've been supporting the health of Bronxites for 86 years, providing you access to high-quality, affordable care. 
To learn how you can make a whole health connection, go to empireblue.com. Sigourney Weaver here to tell you about the New York Botanical Garden, 250 acres, 1 million plants, and you. Now open in the Bronx. Plan your visit at nybg.org. The Residence Inn by Marriott Bronx at the Hutchinson Metro Center on East Chester Road. This all-suite hotel offers an at-home feel with fully equipped kitchens, luxury bedding, a fitness center, free parking, free breakfast, and free Wi-Fi. Grab a bite to eat at their complimentary social hour or order a local craft beer at the bar. It's better in the Bronx. The Residence Inn by Marriott Bronx. For reservations, call 718-239-3939. So... Clara wasn't having any of Leonard's philandering. She and her daughters traveled to Paris to sort of, I don't know, teach him a lesson? It was in Paris where Ginny Jerome, Leonard's eldest daughter, met Lord Randolph Churchill, son of the Duke of Marlborough, John Spencer Churchill. Sounds familiar? So Jenny and Lord Randolph more than hit it off. In fact, they were engaged only three days after meeting. Talk about love at first sight. The Duke wasn't very happy about this because he viewed her lineage, as many aristocrats do, with disdain. He thought Leonard Jerome to be a vulgar man of new money and no pedigree. That did not sway the couple one bit. Though their wedding had to be postponed a few months while the future in-laws argued about settlements. Ah, to be young and in love and have the future in-laws and their attorneys negotiate terms. Ain't love grand? Well... Lord Randolph and Jenny were finally able to marry in 1874. She was now known as Lady Randolph Churchill. But here is the kicker. Their son, Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill, was born on November 30th, 1874, eight months after they married, and it was deemed a, quote, premature, unquote, birth. All right, so this is an audio platform, so y'all can't see that Angel is doing finger quotes around premature birth, indicating that... That was their story, and they were sticking to it. Yeah. Rumor has it that Jenny and Sir Randolph were getting busy while waiting for their folks to finalize the marriage contract. Scandalous in the late 1800s. Little Winston wasn't a good student. He was getting poor grades, and when the parents squawked, it was Leonard who came to his defense. He said, Let him be. Boys get good at what they find they shine in. Shine indeed. Sir Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill became the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom in 1940 during a pivotal moment in global history, World War II. Unfortunately, Leonard didn't live long enough to see his grandson being good at what he would shine in. He died when Churchill was a young man of 17. But Winston would remember his grandfather fondly as a man he described as very fierce. He went on to say of his American side of the family... I'm the only tame one they've produced. I think Leonard would have approved his grandson's depiction of the Jeromes, don't you? Yeah, I kind of think he would have. We'll be right back. Get it, baby, get it! And now for a little segment we like to call Yo Angel. Yo Olga. Why is the Bronx called the Borough of Parks? I've invited our good friend and parks advocate, Noka Martel, to answer that question. Noka is founder of Loving the Bronx, 
is a co-chair for the executive board of the Bronx River Alliance and the Bronx Coalition of Parks and Green Spaces and president of Friends of Pelham Bay Park. Why is the Bronx the borough of parks? Because 25% of the borough's landmass is comprised of parks and green spaces. The Bronx is home to New York City's largest park, Pelham Bay Park. It is nearly 3,000 acres. You can fit Manhattan Central Park three times inside Pelham Bay Park. And by the way, Central Park is man-made. The third largest park in New York City and second largest in the Bronx is Van Cortland Park. It's over 1,000 acres. And let's not forget some of the other green areas, the Bronx River Greenway and other natural parks like Cretona and Claremont Parks. So out of the 7,000 acres that make up the borough, one quarter of it is parkland. Oh, and one more thing. Bronx parks are a favorite for bird watchers because the borough is on the natural migratory path of birds. In fact, the Audubon Society has declared the Bronx an IBA. That means an important bird area. Come and visit the parks and bring your binoculars and cameras. And now you know. Leonard Jerome died in 1891 of galloping consumption, also known as virulent tuberculosis. His last words were, quote, I have given you all that I have. Pass it on, unquote. He was first buried in Great Britain, as that was where the Jeromes were living at the time. But eventually his remains were transferred to his current resting place in Greenwood Cemetery, Brooklyn, New York. Here's a little known fact. Central Avenue, that road he built leading up to the Jerome Park racetrack, well, it was finally paved and scheduled to be renamed after a local politician in New York City in 1888. But his widow, Clara Jerome, was not having it. Yeah, she felt her husband's legacy was not given its due, so she, illegally, went out and created her own street signs replacing Murphy Avenue to Jerome Avenue, which is what that street that separates East and West Bronx is known as today. But wait, Jerome Avenue splits our borough east-west? How is that when the Bronx River or the Grand Concourse seems to be more of a proportionate choice? Yes, today that is true. But remember, the Bronx was part of New York County for many years, and Central Avenue was a continuation of Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, which splits that island east-west. You would notice today that if you drove north along Jerome Avenue all the way to Yonkers, it turns into Central Park Avenue. Ah, interesting. Well, Angel, it was nice to take a stroll down memory lane, or rather Jerome Avenue, with you today. That's our show this week. Thank you all for tuning in to our Go Bronx pod, produced by the Bronx Tourism Council and made possible by Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Mucho thanks to the Huntington Free Library and Reading Room for serving as our honorary pod recording studio headquarters. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GoBXPod. If you like us, tell your friends. And if they already like us, make some new friends and then tell them. For more information about this episode and more, visit GoBronxPod.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our e-newsletter to get the latest and greatest news from and about the Bronx. As, As always, always, I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. Bronxfully, Bronxfully yours. yours.